Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm a hater. And here's the other thing. That's what you call a garbage take. Try you just watched Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic make the Western Conference Finals. Or, my turn. All of my takes are garbage. Yeah, you're the heavy favorite tonight. You can cry. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Garbage Takes. I'm your host and judge. We've just determined recently that I can use the term judge to describe myself. In my role for this show, Jenna Garcia here. Um, follow me and all the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva. Today's guests are pretty, pretty awesome guests, actually. I couldn't think of two people I would rather hear argue and throw out garbage takes than these two guys. Really, really smart guys. You're going to want to listen to the whole pod because there's a lot of good takes and a lot of good questions we're going to get to here. But um, we have coming back for his third consecutive appearance here on Garbage Takes. I guess you would be the reigning champ, uh, Mr. Ryan Blackburn. I'm not gonna use any nicknames when describing you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Judge Jenna. We will omit the, the nickname from last week. I, I am the current title holder of this podcast and uh, thankful to be to be joined by an excellent challenger today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that technically means that you're the king of garbage takes or or what exactly so i don't know if that's a positive <laughs> i tend to agree with that that's that's true my takes are pretty bad <laughs> i i will say that for sure that's un un uh completely fair completely fair all right well good we're glad to have you back and um today the challenger in the ring uh our very own royal rumble of our own you could say of the minds of basketball mr Matt Moore. What's up? Matt. What's up? His very own walk-up. I've come. Yeah. I'm here to take the champ down. Hi. How are you doing? I uh, Matt wins. I already I already we don't have to do the rest. Matt already wins. He has the best gimmick already. <laughs> Great. That's no, that's great. I, I, I enjoy having a challenge. Zach Mikosh, I chewed up and spit out last week. So like we're, uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna have a great time today, Matt. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm cracking knuckles. I'm stretching. I'm ready for this. Let's go. Hell yeah. Yes. Well, you're going to need to flex your basketball minds tonight for this showdown because it's going to be a good one. Remember basically the way that this works is you're going to have about two minutes to give your point of view on a topic you can toss it back and forth to one another, and I will let you know when your time is up. And at that time, I will decide what the point structure is. I can and it will deduct points for misconduct, so do not push me. I'm, I'm not feeling it tonight, guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually in a great mood to record this podcast. So let's get into it. Do you believe that the Denver Nuggets will actually make a trade that is beneficial at this trade deadline Matt, as the new uh, the new guy in the ring, I guess I'm going to 
hand it over to you. Do you actually think the Nuggets will make a beneficial trade at this deadline, or is it just going to be another Roy Hibbert from Milwaukee, you know, kind of kind of trade? I think it might be a DJ Augustine type of trade where they get like a veteran role player that can at least fill in. But look, no, there's going to not going to be a sort of meaningful trade. Look back at the history of this front office. Okay. They waited to trade Ty Lawson until about a couple months until the, until it was too late, maybe a year. They traded several years until after they needed to trade Kenneth Fareed. They do not make impatient moves. They are always patient and they only make a move if they absolutely know that it's a win for them. They knew Jeremy Grant was a win for them. They've known certain moves were a win for them. They will not be, the only way for them to actually get a big win in a trade is to move for a star player. And that requires giving up picks and assets that were core pieces of a Western conference finalist team. There's been no evidence of that throughout both of the, the prime trade targets drew holiday off the table, Bradley Beal. They just got another win tonight. Bradley Beal from everyone I've talked to in the league. Everyone continues to believe he is off the table, does not want to get traded during the pandemic. The nuggets will not have be able to find a major upgrade. There is no major trade coming. Yeah, it's too bad because I tend to agree, but I will say that there are, there are definitely steps down from the Drew Holiday and Bradley Beal tier, Matt. Like there's, there's the Aaron Gordons of the world. I'm sure Kelly Oubre, after, after being in a, in a really weird situation with the Golden State Warriors heading into this year, after they, they gave up several million dollars for him in luxury tax, maybe they aren't super happy with him and Denver could get a big wing that they desperately need. I think that they're going to explore their options. And like you said, they are going to be pretty frugal in terms of what they give up but the difference between then and now is that they're actually in a really good position to potentially compete for a championship if they get the right piece so I think they're going to be pretty aggressive looking for things I think that they're going to look to try to build around this MVP season from Nikola Jokic whether that's giving up Michael Porter Jr. or not I definitely think that they're going to explore it interesting stuff Matt came coming out the gate strong here tonight you guys you really don't want to mess with this guy. He is giving it all to Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Matt wins that round big time. I mean, the history, come on. You have to be doubting this team right now. They, I mean, it takes a while when you look at, back at the trade deadline to find anything that seems like a beneficial trade, actual acquisition at the trade deadline that makes this team a contender. I kind of, kind of have to stick with Matt. Plus, you know, he's... He's pining to all the Rockies fans out there who are clearly no longer contenders at anything. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty fair. I mean, can you, can you imagine trading Nolan Arenado and $50 million for nothing? Like that would be, that's, that's, that's crazy talk. That would be like trading Nikola Jokic for uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Ryan, shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. I'll give you a, a point for the, the Nurkic uh, low blow there, but Matt gets five points on the board. Matt, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I did not think you would get the concept of this show quite so easily, but you're a natural. Has anyone ever told that to you before? Uh, I am known as the most contentious person in every single social <laughs> circle that I have been in. So uh, no, I, I am well, well versed for this. Like I am, I've been waiting my whole life for this opportunity. This is, this is my time. So you have heard that. Okay. Good. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay, so question number two on the table. This one actually specially thrown in by the fans when they found out that our special uh, guest was Matt Moore. So Matt, I know you're going to love this one. Ryan, I'm kind of pinning you in a corner 
to be honest, I did say I wanted to go through it with you before the pod, and you said, just tr- trust your judgment. So here I go. Um, Imagine being a good boss. It's tough, tough stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a micromanager, this uh, Ryan Blackburn. But um, Super Bowl week. Oof. Is this going to be a passing of the torch to the new young gun? Or is this going to be the reigning and continual just dominance, dominance of, uh, of Tom Brady? Ryan, please. I'm going to let you start, but I think you know what side you're supposed to take, right? <laughs> I, I know what side I'm supposed to take, which is why I'm going to take the opposite side. The torch has already been passed. Matt knows this. He understands that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sliced bread, of course, being uh, white bread being Tom Brady's nickname. <laughs> I, I totally think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player to come out of the draft in the last 10, 15 years at least. He's unbelievable. I'm, I'm rooting for him, which is probably going to take Matt by surprise. I have a desperate hatred for, for Tom Brady and what, what the Patriots have stood for all of these years. They just keep winning. They just keep aggravating. They just keep doing stuff on the fringes that makes you really upset. I think the torch has already passed and anybody that says otherwise is just arguing with in the face of a historical achievement from a young player. Uh, Matt, I would like you to argue for Tom Brady now. Sure. Tom Brady's the GOAT. We know he's the GOAT. He's always <laughs> He's been the GOAT. The other thing you have to keep in mind here is how often do things fall into place for Brady? How often does he get the call? Like two years ago in the AFC Championship game versus the Chiefs when a player jumped off sides, who I will not name because I feel bad for the man, and that wound up costing the Chiefs because they got an interception on that very play. Every single time that they need something to fall into their laps, a deflated football perhaps, a stray videotape that makes its way into their organization, it always manages to happen. They come back from a monster deficit versus Atlanta. This is not about who's a better quarterback. We know who the better quarterback is. We know who the more talented quarterback is. As even the guys that respect Brady and hold him up all say, but yeah, but Mahomes may be more talented. That's not what this is about. It's about winning and winning sometimes is really about is your you have the force of power within you to shape destiny. Brady has continuously done that. Is he really going to go out like this losing to the young gun or is he going to get the one that he wants? Is are things going to fall in line for him? I'll ask you one more question. Judge Jenna, do you believe that the deal with the devil is up? Because I don't. The deal with the devil always comes due after you finish playing. Brady will win and walk out the goat. It'll take Mahomes a full year to take that from him. Wow. First of all, Ryan, terrible, um, you know, backing me up there on taking the side you were supposed to take, like just blatant (laughs) disregard for what I asked you to do. (laughs) Really. uh, Try to get me off guard. Yeah. He was really going for the low blow. He, I mean, first the Nurkic comment and now this, um, I, I really didn't think you had, you know, a, a dirty play in your Ryan, but I'm su- I'm surprised. Um, I do what it takes to win. Is it? I mean, because it kind of looks like the flop. In fact, I'm going to charge you for a flop. Uh, you've been fined, sir, Ooh. with a flop. This is ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, <awful> pain. <laughs> um, I actually am completely convinced 
by what Matt already said. I, I mean, Matt is destroying you, man. Like you're seriously cheating right now just to try to get a little bit, uh, like get on the board. You're going to have to try harder than that. Um, that's a touchdown for Matt and Tom Brady, unfortunately. But like you said, the deal with the devil is not up. I honestly think there's just too many things shaken in Tom's favor somehow. But Matt, side note, are you betting on this game? Oh, yes. I'm over leveraged on the Chiefs, 100%. I am very much. It's so, let me put, tell you how bad this is. I'm so over leveraged on Kansas City. I had to take Tampa Bay and the Lakers to win the title combined in a parlay in order to hedge how much I have on the Chiefs in this game. Not only do I have the Chiefs, a friend and I <laughs> took an alternate line of Chiefs minus nine and a half. The standard line is three points. I'm saying they're going to win by 10. That's how over leveraged wow. I am in this game. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. And after Tom terrific, man, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty dangerous game to be playing. <laughs> you know what? I just, yeah. I made the case for it because that's the, that's the job and you put me in that spot. But if you want to know what I think we're going to put him in a body bag, it's over. We're putting him in the ground. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. That's a, I love that fiery, fiery Matt. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, a true professional here because he just was fiery for Tom and then came at you with the whole other side of the argument. I'm serious, Ryan, you better like get your keys. You might as well leave now. <laughs> a lot um, of show left. A lot of show <laughs> left. Come on now. <laughs> a lot of show left. You're absolutely right. Let's move on to our third question of the show. Um, you guys are really barreling through these, but I'm loving it. The ooh, we should have stuck. I should have put more Super Bowl takes in here because I knew Matt was going to be fiery about it. Um, I might not take your betting advice though. Matt, just saying, <laughs> sounds like you're betting from the heart on this one. <laughs> um, here's a little bit more of a touchy subject for Nuggets fans. At this point, we've now seen um, the Nuggets play this season with MPJ and the season without MPJ, you know, he was out for several games. It's not like he was injured, but we've seen this team play without him and play with him. At what point now that he's back, at what point does his role being kind of as small as it is, or almost held back a little bit, he's not really a significant piece of this offense just yet, unless he of course creates it for himself in the night. Um, at what point is MPJ's role being this small and, and not kind of the nuggets, not working around him or integrating him into the offense more hurting the team or does it not hurt the team? I believe Matt, you are up first on the clock. So the key is when I looked at the numbers, it actually turns out that the Murray Jokic MPJ lineups are doing really well. And some of that's because some of the other lineups, like the one with Jermichael Green and some of the bench units got nuked by games like the Spurs. I think here's the big thing is like, what's your priority? Do you want MPJ to be a star or do you want the Nuggets to win a title? Because they're on track. Like Jokic is playing an MVP level caliber basketball. Murray is not had a great start to his season. And if he starts to play, they're going to be even better. They've managed to integrate Jermichael Green. They're getting contributions from the starters. I think the starters have actually played better than what most Nuggets fans would say. Uh, they've had, they've improved the bench in terms of getting it to actually play together. 
but at the same time, MPJ's had his little moments where he gets to go out and put up big numbers and that's great for him and everyone that believes in him. But ultimately, I think at, at this stage in his career, until he learns to actually fit into the offense, there's not much you can do. He's getting opportunities. His role is not decided by any sort of like, there, there's nothing working against him. It's that like he doesn't know how to work inside of an offense. He has a tremendous basketball IQ and feel for the game one on one, but you put him on a court with four other dudes and say, you got to be part of this unit. And he gets a little confused. He gets a little uncertain. He's either taking the ball, running out in transition and jacking up a three, or he's fading into a corner and disappearing. A lot of this is on MPJ. He's going to figure out who he is in this offense Fit out. Don't fit in. That's what LeBron said. And I think that that was a necessary shot at Kevin Love. But ultimately, ultimately, Jokic is playing great basketball. He's playing with great facilitators. They're looking for him. Will Barton is constantly getting him the ball. He has got to settle in and find how to fit in on both sides of the ball better. The impetus is on MPJ. I'm going to use the buzzword trust. I really do think that the trust factor for this offense, for the personnel, for the front office, I think that there's there's a lot of trust that needs to be built within this content within this contending team. Nikola Jokic is the start of that. Jamal Murray is the start of that as well. Michael Malone's the start of that. Now they have to trust this 22 year old who is trying to interact his way, who's trying, who's desperately trying to fit in. He's doing what he can to try to not make a mistake and to try to be both himself and play within the offense. It's been a slow process, but in order for that process to hit, the trust has to come from both ways. It is a two-way street. It's not just MPJ who needs to trust in the, the offense, who needs to trust in the system. It's, it's the other players that need to trust in MPJ as well. They want to. They want to desperately. This is a situation that isn't going to be solved immediately. It's going to take some time. Time builds trust. Opportunity breeds trust. This is going to be a situation that's going to go ongoing, but you have to figure it out by the playoffs because there are only a certain number of players that Michael Malone is going to trust in the playoffs, that Nikola Jokic is going to trust in the playoffs to take this team over the top. Michael Porter Jr. needs to worm himself into that level of trust, and it's going to come from both ways. It's going to be him proving himself to others but also others being willing to accept that also others being willing to give him the opportunity to work, to show off his game and to prove that part of his game is also something that they can do in a playoff environment. It is a two-way street to be clear. Since we have more time, can I go another round of rebut? Sure. You want to talk about trust here in the starting job out the gate. He's been getting all these minutes. He's playing more minutes a lot of times than Will Barton. He's getting those opportunities, Ryan. We keep, this keeps happening with Nuggets fans where they're like, why don't they give the ball to more to MPJ? Why isn't MPJ? It's never enough. First it was, he needs more minutes. He got the minutes. Why doesn't he get the ball more? This team is loaded with really good NBA players. Went to the Western Conference Finals. What are you talking about? They're not going to sabotage their efforts for a guy that gets lost on both ends of the of the ball half the time. He's gotten those opportunities. The trust factor, I think, is there. Like Jamal's been looking for him. Jokic has been looking for him. Will's been looking for him. Monte goes out of his way to look for him. Malone puts him in key situations. They keep trusting him. And it's not that he hasn't come through in those spots, but it's that he hasn't shown what they've been looking for and they don't i will say the biggest thing is pay attention to how Jokic talks about Composo and pay attention to how he talks about green about how much he loves playing with them 
do you think anybody on that team says i love playing with michael porter jr and that's not his fault he's young but the way that he plays i think the answer is probably no i still think that it's going to take time that's probably the biggest factor in all of this i thought it was trust it, it's taken the nuggets for uh, no yeah. it, well it trust is bre- it breeds from time like they don't trust him because he's new they don't trust him because he's new to trying to figure this out it's going to all it was always going to take time to factor him into this to try to work him into the offense time is the biggest factor trust is the biggest factor uh, those two are they go hand in hand and i i do think that by the time the playoffs roll around this will look a little bit different but for now i i do think that they need to stay with the process I definitely have got to say, you know, two really good arguments. Um, Kudos to you, Matt, for challenging MPJ to a little self-growth and learning to play within within a team. I think that – I don't think anyone can deny that he is lacking there a little bit, that his strength is one-on-one. I think most people probably think that, but – I got to side with Ryan here. I think, you know, he hasn't had as many opportunities to make mistakes and, and not be um, pulled from the game so quickly. I, I, it's not that Malone hasn't left him in and you're right. He did get the starting position and he, and I don't think he came out the gate just like we had hoped he would have, but second go around after, (laughs) after the COVID stuff, um, <laughs> he, he has come out the gate a little bit better after the second, <laughs> after the yeah. second COVID stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give three shouts to, to Ryan, you know, MPJ, those are my three shouts, you know, and Ryan, you win that round. Well done. But, but a, a, uh, let's say one hemp bracelet for, for Matt, you know, <laughs> a hemp friendship bracelet between you and MPJ because you're encouraging his self-growth. I think everyone needs that, that kind of encouragement. And you know what helps with self-growth actually Um, learning that mistakes aren't the worst thing in the world and that you can actually overcome them. Also learning that vaccines are important. That's another important stuff. I I was alluding to multiple mistakes, not just those on the floor, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, going into the next question. the Nuggets go head into LA tomorrow evening. Do you believe the Nuggets are a team that can compete with the Lakers tomorrow evening? Are they a team that can compete with the Lakers long-term? Are they a team that can really compete? Cause I know, you know, this is the first time that they're seeing them this season and that always adds to the factors for why, you know, the Nuggets might drop this game, but do, will the Nuggets actually compete? Go ahead, Ryan. I'm going to answer no, but with a caveat that that the season and the, the opportunity to get better is not over. I'm a little bit concerned that it looks like the Nuggets are going to be starting Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, and Will Barton in the backcourt ne- in this next game. That's a little bit concerning heading into a matchup against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and two of the most physically talented and gifted players we've seen in this generation. Uh that's a little bit of a, of a concern, but if the Nuggets can outscore the Lakers, then they do have a chance. And Nikola Jokic so far has been the best offensive player in basketball. 
pairing him with Jamal Murray, pairing him potentially off the bench with Michael Porter Jr., I do think gives Denver an opportunity to score against the Lakers in ways that the Lakers have trouble defending. Now that Dwight Howard is gone, now that they, they don't really have a goon to kind of muck up everything and, and get get under Jokic's skin, get him into foul trouble, now that they have Montrez Harrell, who actually I think might benefit Denver in a lot of ways by having Montrez Harrell out on the floor, uh, I think that Denver has some sneaky good chances in this as long as they take care of the margins, as long as Michael Porter Jr. gets into a full engagement level and integration level, it's going to take time, like I said, but with the right motivation and with the right integration, I do think that Denver has a chance. So I'm going to go the opposite of what uh, of what Ryan said. Uh, I'm going to say that they have a pretty decent chance tomorrow night, but ultimately they can't hang with the Lakers in any sort of meaningful way come the playoffs. Look, tomorrow night, this is what it's about. Okay, it, the, it's the Nuggets when they're up against adversity. We know this. We've seen this. Th- this is where they're great. This is where they're awesome. National TV versus a better opponent. This is where they hang. This is where they put up a pretty good show. This is where they actually look pretty decent, where everyone's like, man, they're down Harris and Dozier, and they managed to go into LA, and they only lost by three or however much it's going to be. The line, by the way, is five. Uh, they hang in these situations, but the problem is just ultimately we saw in the playoffs, they were competitive in that series with what was a better team. This team, Jokic is better than last year, but there is nothing else about this team that I can point to and say is better than last year. Millsap is a worse version of himself. Jamichael Green has been great in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he does not bring the same kind of stuff to the table that Jeremy granted in terms of one-on-one defense on Davis and LeBron. Like that was very helpful for them in that series as it was versus the Clippers. Their backup center spot, weaker. The Lakers still play very big. They want to bully you. This is what was kind of weird about the Nuggets offseason is that the Lakers stayed big and are still going to try and bully everybody, even as their offense has gotten more explosive. But the Nuggets got smaller. They're tiny. They're little. And so I expect Jokic to have a good game because as Ryan said, he's been the best offensive player in basketball. They'll probably compete tomorrow night because that's how the regular season goes. But this team is currently constructed, cannot compete with nor win a playoff series versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Both your answers were both so depressing. (laughs) (laughs) That is the life of non-Lakers nation. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah, and also apparently the life of any, if I'm a fan of any Denver team, um, they're just never going to beat an LA team. That's what I feel like I'm constantly in this world whirlwind of reliving this same thing, Groundhog Day of losing to the Lakers. It's the worst, man. It really is. I think you both, you both make great points. I'm going to go ahead and give you each a gold star. The next question will really solidify this win. So I I want you to take it incredibly seriously because it's an incredibly serious question. Mm, Okay. (sighs) Let's be real. A lot of people have liked to compare these two players. And when you look at the numbers in LeBron's sixth year and Nicola's sixth year, it's pretty interesting, especially if you look at per 100 possessions or per 36 just saying but who would you honestly rather have on your team this season right now Nikola Jokic or LeBron James oh uh is it's oh you're gonna make me answer this oh good lord uh okay 
that's what you get for not being a team player earlier. That's true. That is true. Um, well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go Homer. I'm going to go Homer for this because that is what Nuggets fans want to hear. That is what Nuggets fans need to hear right now, that for this season and for the season only, so far, Nikola Jokic has been the best player in basketball. We haven't ever seen him fall off in the playoffs yet. We haven't ever seen him lose a level. All he does is level up. He just keeps adding new things to his game, becoming a better player, becoming more efficient, becoming more effective, becoming a better defender. He matches up night in, night out, and is the best player on the floor in almost every single case. And I think that this is going to be what ultimately pushes them when they face against the Lakers. The Lakers have two really, really elite talents with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think that Jokic, at the level that he is, operating as the fulcrum of what the Nuggets do on every single thing, he is necessary for everything. And I do think that he continues, as he continues to raise his level, as he continues to get better, he's going to make this even more of a conversation than it already is. I will take 25-year-old Nikola Jokic over 37, 38-year-old LeBron James right now. So when LeBron was 26, which Jokic turns 26 later this month, uh, he was with the Miami Heat in the first season in 2011. And everyone thought he just keeps getting better. He just keeps getting better. This is the best player in basketball. He's already won MVP, all these things. But he was still stymied. He was still held back. There were still holes in his game that the Mavericks exploited, the biggest of which was that he would overthink possessions. It took him time to find himself in a place where he could control the game to his will in the playoffs the way that he could in the regular season, that he could raise himself to a point where he was also a better team leader. I think we're seeing signs of that with Jokic, but we're not there yet. LeBron at this point is still an absolute monster and he controls the game in a way that very few players can. We've seen Jokic control the game against top defenses like Utah. We've seen him control the game against bad teams, but we've also seen the Nuggets lose to the Kings. We've also seen the Nuggets struggle versus other squads. And sure, LeBron takes losses all the same. He took losses in his prime. But the difference is that you always have this confidence that LeBron now is going to come out on top. That wasn't always the case, but you have a real confidence as long as he's not facing the Warriors, he's going to come out on top. Jokic is still getting there. And we still saw him struggle in the first round versus the Utah Jazz before he hit the game winner. And we saw him struggle versus Dwight Howard in the playoffs. You have to be able to master all of that. And you have to be able to bring your team forward. I think we're seeing signs of that from Jokic, but we can't put him at that level before it's due. The LeBron James is still the greatest player in the game. He still plays at an MVP level. He's a better defender than Jokic, as good as Jokic has been this season. And he's still the player that is in most command of the game. LeBron James is a better player right now. Uh, well, let's just say that uh, comparing LeBron James and Nikola Jokic is a very difficult task, despite the fact that Jokic is just as strong, just as agile, just can jump as high as he said today to the media. Uh, I tend to think that Nikola Jokic, as he continues to evolve, as he continues to get better, <laughs> Matt said it best, he is showing signs and continues to do that. But he's just like a sponge, man. He does everything and learns from every single situation. 
he will be better in this next in this next playoffs because he was as good in last year's playoffs and will continue to absorb in different situations. We've seen him evolve from being defeated by the Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert combination of old. Now he's at the point where he has to solve LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the with the Lakers. And it'll, it'll be Marcus Saul this time as opposed to Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee. He's a sponge. He's going to do it. He's going to figure it out. I think that he'll be he'll put up one of the great playoff series against the Lakers if that time comes. I have one more. I have one more. I know, and we all know, LeBron will not have a game in the playoffs like Nikola Jokic had in game three versus the Jazz. We agree on that? I don't know. The Dallas Mavericks would beg to differ. No, that was the old LeBron. This is the new LeBron. Do we think this LeBron, after everything he's gone through, do we think he would? I think he's had moments, uh, at, at least no. towards towards the end. Towards he's, the end, I do think no. that he has had he's, moments. He hasn't had a game like the game three where everyone plainly said Jokic quit. Now you can say, "Oh, he's moved past that. That won't happen again." But you have. But I know, and you know, Ryan, that some part of you will always be concerned that that will come back. This is the problem with Jokic and why that game three was really important. Because as great as he was after and as great as he was in the Clippers series, and he acquitted himself exceptionally well, game three was a serious black mark. And until we see it, until we see him get through a playoffs without a performance like that, that will always stay in the back of every Nuggets fan mind. And I know I'm right on that. Wow. Yeah. If, if anyone out there is still being haunted by game three, uh, by Jokic's game three from last season, uh, please feel free to reach out. We're all suffering this way. Trauma is is real. <laughs> I, I I mean, I think one phenomenal job. Both of you, great answers. Really, really, really great answers. You you guys are making this a tough one for me. And and I, and a few years ago when uh, LeBron played the Warriors. Uh, you know, I bet every single game against LeBron. It was actually my first betting experience. And what did I do? I bet every single game against LeBron. And, um, yeah, he whooped my ass. Uh, he, he, yeah, I lost all of my money that year. So um, <laughs> I did learn a lesson from that, Ryan. And I have lived through my trauma. And what I learned from that trauma is you do not bet against LeBron James. While Matt does have the right answer, though, um, I think we all know the best answer is Ryan's answer. And so, sorry, Matt. Ryan, I'm going to have to give you the final trophy of the evening with that Nikola Jokic answer. Bravo, sir. Ah, the greatest wow. big man in the game. Can we please just dig it in deeper to the Joel Embiid fans out there? Because I really haven't gotten enough smoke for this. For real, it has been, you guys are really hating on me. Sixers fans are mean. Have you all had experiences? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Yes. Well, I've encountered them on TikTok and they're very little and young and bad. It's, it's, it's a rough world out there, you know, but well done, Matt. Good answer. Bravo. You really brought the show down tonight. I, I was incredibly impressed. Um, and 
honestly, you guys cracked me up. This was a really fun episode. So um, thanks for joining Garbage Takes. Matt Moore, you can check out all of his work. Matt, do you want to promote anything you're working on right now or or Built Bar? Because I practically have that memorized. <laughs> you should uh, download the, the Action Network app. It's the best place to track your bets, but also if you're just trying to track scores, it's got the fastest updates. And um, in case you're trying to track Nuggets games, which you know is difficult if you live in Denver right now, since you can't go to the arena, and you can't watch it on TV if you have cable, then yeah, I the app is a great way to go. Download the Action Network app today. For sure. And follow Matt at HP Basketball on Twitter for all of the garbage takes that you heard here on a regular basis. And of course, you can follow Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn as well. Thanks for being on the show, guys. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Joe.